0: Welcome to the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs podcast, a place for podcasters to learn what's actually working in the world of podcasting and how to use their podcasts to generate consistent leads in their business. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited you're here. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to another episode of Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. Today, I'm here chatting with Meg Casebolt of Love at First Search. So Meg has been helping female business owners create beautiful search-friendly websites and strategic content for the past six years. She's your no BS bestie who can make it super easy for your dream customers to find and adore you online, resulting in effortless web traffic, consistent customers, soaring profit, and so much more free time and sanity. Her approach is simple. She doesn't believe in quick fix formulas that promise the world, but break your heart when you realize they don't work. She believes in cultivating genuine relationships and honoring them with smart strategy and strategic content that adds value. So I'm super excited to have Meg here today on the podcast because we're chatting all about SEO for podcasts, which is a really hot topic. And a lot of you guys have asked me to have someone cover that. So here we are and let's dive right in. Hi, welcome to the
1: show. Uh, I am, oh, I'm so excited (laughs) to be here with you, Jenny. I feel like it's been so long since we've talked to each other. So this is so exciting.
0: Yes. I'm super excited about this topic today. We're going to be talking about podcast SEO, which is something that you guys have been wanting to know more and more about. And I wanted to bring on someone who's actually an expert and that was not me. So here (laughs) we are. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and just how you got started with it all.
1: Sure. So my name is Meg Casebolt. I'm the founder of Love at First Search, where we help women-owned businesses show up in search results. Um, And that way they can get more leads, more subscribers, and more sales directly from whatever their search engine of choice is. So mostly I'm spending my time on Google and YouTube with my clients. Uh, I mean, they're search engines number one and two in the world, but also thinking about the fact that iTunes is a search engine, um, and Stitcher and Overcast and Spotify, like all of these are search engines that have podcast capabilities in them. So thinking about the ways that we can optimize the, uh, content that we're putting out, whether it's a written or audio, you know, finding ways to show up in those search results is a really important way to grow your audience.
0: Totally. Yeah. And I think over the years it's adapted and become more prevalent. I know for a while there wasn't a way really to search on Google as well as you can now. So kind of perfect timing to start talking about it. So let's just dive into the basics. So what is podcast SEO and is it any different than like regular SEO?
1: Yeah, so, so SEO is search engine optimization. So thinking about any of the search engines that you're using and the search engine that you use, you know, most things show up on Google. Most things show up somehow on like YouTube or Pinterest. Um, but depending on the type of content that you're producing, as I was mentioning, you know, there are different search engines for different types of content and Spotify didn't used to have podcasts and now it does. (laughs) Right. So thinking about what are the ways that we can align, um, the words that we use to describe our podcasts so that people who are looking for the content that we're generating can actually find what we are doing, uh, knowing that these, search engines, whether, you know, the, the big Google type search engines or the audio specific search engines, they can't actually listen to your podcast. You have to tell them. So figuring out what to tell them and where is the secret to SEO for podcasting, growing your audience through search.
0: Yeah. I think that's really important to keep in mind because like you said, It's not going to just have a robot listening to your each episode like that. (laughs) that is too time intensive, even for robots. So I think it's important to kind of bring that back. Um, So I know this is kind of a big question, but how can we begin to optimize our podcast for SEO?
1: The place to start is the title of your podcast. Knowing you know, Jenny, you're really smart. Savvy podcasting for entrepreneurs, right? Like you're so so clear in the name of your podcast about what is this about and who is it for? And how can it help them? And what are the problems that they're going through? Like a lot of that is tied into the title of your podcast. Um, so you were you probably didn't. Maybe you did do keyword research, but maybe you weren't necessarily thinking to that level of detail, but knowing very clearly that this is what this is all about. Now, you may have a podcast that has more of a clever name, and that's okay. You can find other ways to share some of those things that people might be looking for in um. The podcast description that you can load up to iTunes and other places. Um, You can include in your title, not just your name, but also what is it that you do. So you could say, you know, I am a, a podcast coach in the description of who you are, where you can click on that part of it. You know, there are ways that you can optimize the entire podcast as a whole and the words that you use to describe it to the, um, you know, wherever you're hosting your podcast and pushing things out through your RSS feed. And you can optimize every single episode too. So yes, you can have your podcast called Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs. And we know that we're talking about podcasting for entrepreneurs, but then in this one, don't just title this like, episode 96, um, Meg's tips for how to get found, like really call it like search engine optimization for podcasts, (laughs) right? And be super, super clear about that. It's fine to have a title that's clever to get clicks through. um, So that way when people are already subscribed to you, they're more likely to actually listen to it. But also in, in addition to making your titles clever, also be really clear about what to expect when they get there so that new people can find it and not just have your existing audience fall in love with you, but allow new people to find you by using the things that people could potentially be looking for in your title, in your episode titles, in, uh, you know, in these key places where you can find out more about your podcast.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And I actually, when I'm telling people how like picking their name and stuff, I usually say like, go for clear over clever. Like I know there's fun names out there, but like you know, it's, it's great, but it's harder for you to be found. Um, and as you were talking, uh, something came to my mind and I was thinking like, okay, so many people have blah, 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 podcasts in their name. And they put that, is that really necessary? I mean, I know sometimes when I search my podcast, like I'll just type in podcast to see what comes up and a bunch of random shows come up that are like, not about podcasting, which kind of actually, makes it harder to find shows about podcasting because there's all these people are like the blah, blah, blah podcast. So like, is that necessary? Do we need to put podcasts? Like, I totally understand if it's like say my podcast was called the Jenny Sennison show. It would sound weird if it was just called the Jenny Senison. but in terms of like, you know, someone's podcast is called like biz over whatever podcast, like and right. include it in there. Is that, you know, is that necessary? And you know, why shouldn't we do that if not?
1: So, think about the fact that you have limited real estate in everything that you do, right? Uh, Whatever your uh, platform is that you're trying to be found on, chances are that there's a character count on the title of the podcast. And if you know that it's a podcast, you probably don't need to tell people that it's a podcast. They're looking for it in iTunes or in Stitcher. you You don't need to use that term podcast. Uh, maybe on a website that you're talking about it, you can have a section called podcast or you can have it be, you know, in the URL of that website. And that way people know that you're talking about a podcast, but when you're actually uploading the information about the podcast, you don't necessarily need to include that in your title. If there's something else that you can do that is a little bit more descriptive or a little bit more specific. Um, It's kind of like, you know, you don't need to call your blog a blog anymore. It's just, this is the blog, you know, this is the business. You don't have to spell out things that are implied. Um, especially if you have more space for something else there. So if you already have an existing brand and you want to take like, um, Jenna Kutcher is like the gold digger podcast because she has gold digger, other things going on. Okay. You can say, you can sign on and say, or, you know, Pat Flynn can come on and say, welcome to the smart passive income podcast, but then he can also shorten it to SPI so that we, the brand can lead instead of it needing to be the word podcast, taking up that real estate. So thinking through, you know, as you're starting to establish yourself, maybe you want to be clear in your messaging about this is my podcast, but you don't necessarily need to call the podcast, the podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. And like I said, when I'm searching, I'm looking for other people who talk about podcasting because, you know, market research and all the time it pulls up like just random podcasts. And I'm like, hmm, well, you guys do not need that in your title, but I digress. So another thing a lot of people have asked in the past is, do we need a website for our podcast? Uh, why or why not? Oh, this is
1: controversial. <laughs> so, you were, you're talking to an SEO person, right? So, um, I've actually had clients come to me and say, I've read all this stuff on the internet about why I should have a specific website for my podcast, like a totally different website from my business website. What are your thoughts? And as the SEO person, as the person who thinks about the Google algorithm, in any time that I'm doing advice, I think that if you create a separate website for your podcast, you could then be competing against your business website. Um, So here are a couple of things to think about. If your podcast is in support of your business and you're driving people to your website through show notes or through opt-ins or lead magnets and you want to get people to your business website, I recommend putting podcasts as a category on your existing website because the goal of the having a podcast for entrepreneurs, which is your audience, Jenny, is get people to buy from you, right? If your podcast is not in support of your business and you want to have your business about copywriting, and then you want to also do a podcast about your love for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, then create another website for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? So depending on whether your podcast is in support of your business or whether it's more of a passion project or a thought leadership piece that could be bigger than your business, if that was the case, I would also say, okay, let's create something a little bit new and different there. But if your podcast is a goal of getting new clients for you, then drive people to your website. And the benefit of doing it that way is that you get lots, we can talk about this for a while, Jenny, lots of backlinks from podcasting. Um, Backlinks is any inbound link to your website. And the benefit of a backlink is that it shows Google that you have authority. And the more well-recognized the URL is that is sending that podcast to your website, the more it shows Google how important you are. And some of the best places to get backlinks is from podcast um, software, so um, Buzzsprout or Libsyn or Blueberry are very well, uh, well thought of and authoritative platforms. So if you're if you're um, posting your podcast audio to those places and then linking back to your website through that information, that is awesome for the authority of all of the content on your business website. And then also, if you have guests on your podcasts, you know, Jenny, I'm going to put a link to this podcast show note that you have on my media page. So you're going to get a link from my website to your website. Would you rather it go to your business website or to your podcast website? What if you don't have to choose? And I think the same is also true for things like, uh, people will build websites for their course sales pages. And I'm like, wait, no, (laughs) why are you sending people to your website to learn about you and then to another page to buy from you? Let's just put everything together. So whenever people ask me, should I create a new site for this? My gut instinct is always, if it is part of your business marketing strategy, keep it all in one place. And that way, every backlink that you get, every piece of content that you create, everything that you are doing builds one empire instead of having two, you know, separate places that you're trying to rank for similar terms for, you could definitely be cannibalizing yourself in terms of your goals.
0: And that makes total sense. And that's actually something I asked messed up in the beginning. So I do have savvy podcasting for entrepreneurs.com, but I'm in the process of like um, doing redirects for everything to my website. So it'll be easy to say, go to savvy podcasting for entrepreneurs.com, but it won't actually be like a website that you can search around. It'll redirect.
1: Yeah. So uh, but- <laughs> you can, you can set up vanity URLs in that right. way. And that way it's easier to give that information, um, but not need to create all of these different micro sites. Right. Um, another thing that you could do Jenny is have just like almost a landing page. you have savvy savvy podcasting for entrepreneurs.com and then you can have like a list of the most recent episodes and say you know here's the one about seo and it goes over to your main website that has the show notes for that and here's one all about video podcasting and here's an episode about this and you can kind of like almost build a table of contents there um that can drive back to the appropriate pages and make it easier for people to navigate there. So that's also an option, you know, it's kind of up to you how you want to organize it, but don't feel like if you do have a, a separate site that you've been <laughs> directing people to, that's not, it's a very common decision, and I'm not even gonna call it a mistake because there are times where it's appropriate and that's why I don't like to give hard and fast rules about anything, Um, but if you do have that and you're like, oh, maybe I should have put it on my, my website, that doesn't mean that you throw out the domain. It means that you can migrate some things from your podcast website to your main website. And then you can set up that URL to just go to, you know, your podcast category landing page. So it doesn't have to be all a loss, right? Right. Yeah. Everything is learning. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it was like one of those things I'm like, oh, I want this nicely branded. And then I realized, Oh yeah, probably not the best idea, but I digress, <laughs> but cool. So another thing that I get a lot of questions about is transcripts, and even my new clients coming on every time they're like, "I do transcripts. Should I do it? Should I not? Then, you know, what are what are the best practices for transcripts on your website?"
1: I love transcripts. Okay. Oh man, do I love transcripts? Um, Here the. This- I think I have three reasons that I love transcripts. Let me see if I can remember them all. I can look them up because I have a whole blog post about why your podcast should have transcripts. So I'll include that in the show notes for people who love to read more. And I'll share that link with you, Jenny. Um, But basically Google's robots, like I said, they can't listen to your podcast and you can write up show notes, say here are the key points so that way people can organize their way through it. But it doesn't feel conversational in the way that Google is expecting things to feel conversational. You know, the the way that Google wants to look at information is like it's something that you're reading or talking about. So a transcript can really give some of those. Um, it can go in a little bit more depth than just the bullet points. And every single word that you have in the transcript can then be indexed and Google can find the exact phrases that people are using in these conversations. So transcripts are super important for Google finding and being able to rank your notes for pretty much anything that you've said in the entire podcast interview. Pod- or transcripts are also really important for accessibility. And there are Certain locations where accessibility will get you like penalized and fined if you don't have some of these things in place. So I know like um, Ontario, Canada is really going to start tracking cracking down in January for any sites that don't have some of these, um, you know, transcripts and um, user friendly uh, actions on various pages. So thinking about it this way, if you have somebody who wants to work with you or learn from you, but they're deaf or hard of hearing and they still want to learn from you, how can they still get that information from you? I think there are people who feel like if you have a transcript, then they will never listen to the podcast, and then they won't become your audience member. They'll just steal your content, right? But like this is information that you're giving them for free. Whether they want to consume it as an audio format or a written format is kind of up to the user. You can just give them the information in the way that it makes sense for them. Um, And even if you don't, even if there aren't specifically people in your audience who are hard of hearing, sometimes you just want to read along with what people are saying, if they're talking quickly or, um, you know, you and I both have young kids and there are points where like, (laughs) if I turn on a podcast, that kid's going to come over and sit in my lap. He's going to want to listen to it with me and I'm not going to be able to focus, but I can sit and read the transcript on my phone more easily when they're in the room, you know? So thinking through, the different ways that your audience may want to interact with your content um, can be really important as a way of allowing people to interact with you in whatever way seems possible and making yourself seem more generous. Um, The follow-up question that I often get from people here is, wait, so do I just put like this thousand word block of text on my show notes page? Like how does that work exactly? Um, What I usually recommend to people And then some people will do like a PDF of it. And I'm like, instead of doing a PDF of it, which then links to another page, links to another location on your website, what I recommend is using like um, an accordion or a toggle. Um, where the transcript can be short, like shortened, not really, but like you can click to read the entire transcript, but it's not automatically visible when you open up the page. So it doesn't overwhelm people, but if they want the transcript, they can get the transcript. Google will read that entire set of hidden text and index it for you. So I see no reason not to have a transcript if you have the time and capacity to get that done for you. And there are so many transcriptions services out there that are getting better and better, um, that it's almost like, why not get the transcript,
0: right? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And that's something like, like I said, everyone asks me that and like, I've done it before and then I've not done it because I got lazy and then I'm trying to get back to doing it again. And yeah, I think it's really important, especially if you are just doing bullet points, because a lot of people just do bullet points and then that's it. Like maybe one paragraph and then bullet points and then call it a day. Ready to launch and grow a podcast that generates consistent leads on autopilot, then I got just the thing for you. Grab your free podcast launch blueprint at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com slash blueprint and go from idea to launch in no time. Long form blog post style show notes versus bullet points and what are some like the pros and cons to each for SEO?
1: The pros, the pros of having just show notes that are bl- bullet posts without having a long form, you know, corresponding blog post is ease, right? We are entrepreneurs. Podcasting is not our full-time job. We are not making full-time incomes from our sponsorship levels at this point or the affiliate things that we're doing. So you have other obligations. And uh, the most important thing is to get something up on your site so that way you can direct people to it from the... Um, from the actual verbal podcast, having that call to action at the end to send people someplace is really important. Um, But if you have the time or the team capacity to build out more of a thought piece around a topic that you're talking about, uh, Google's more likely to recommend um, a long form blog post than show notes. They've just found that, you know, sometimes people will sit and listen to the podcast while they're on the page and they'll, they'll read through the show notes and look at the information that they need. But they've found that people tend to interact more with, uh, the structure of a long long form blog post. And especially if you don't have that transcript that gives the information, having a longer blog post just gives you more to, to be able to point to and more to be able to recommend from. Um, so what I typically recommend um, if you are having a, a time shuffle issue <laughs> is get the show notes up there get the show notes up, get the key information in there, get some keywords into the SEO title of the show notes page. Um, Make sure that you're talking about the key points that you discussed. If you can get a transcript in there, great. You know, if you can get links to the, the various places where you can subscribe to the show, awesome. Like the more information you can get into the show notes in a structural way, the better off you are. And then once you've been posting your show notes for a while, then go in and take a look at what you're ranking for, for your show notes. What topics are people finding you for based on, I don't even wanna say the bare bones information in the show notes, but the, the high level overview. Um, and sometimes if you can see the trends there, you can go into um, like Google search console is a free tool where it will tell you every single keyword that you're ranking for by page. And you can say, "Oh, hey, a lot of people are looking for more detailed information about this topic that I did three blog or that I did three podcasts on. Why don't I create a blog post that's a bit longer, that's a bit more in depth about this topic that can link out to those show notes, that can give more detail and more context and and position me as a thought leader in this space." and tie together some of these categorical ideas of the things that I'm talking about. Um, So it doesn't need to be that every single podcast episode also has a, you know, 2,500 word masterpiece (laughs) attached to it. That's, that's unrealistic. Um, So if instead think of it as what are the, the key categories that my podcast can fall into and maybe creating a more detailed post about categories. And then when you publish a new blog post, if, or I'm sorry, when you publish a new um, episode, see if you can then tie it into its category blog post and in bringing things together and kind of synthesizing information in a way that makes sense. Um, When we have these long form blog posts, sometimes people use the term cornerstone posts or silo posts or pillar posts, but these like, post you can really sink your teeth into. And then you have all of the podcast episodes or supporting posts pointing to that one big pillar post, that pillar post is going to be much more likely to show up in Google search results, in part because we have the supporting podcast to talk about it from and to, to show that this is a really important page on our sites. So that's my recommendation is you don't have to write like a <laughs> you know masterpiece for every single show note. But if you have specific topics that keep showing up in your episode topics. And especially, and if you are ranking for some of those topics, it could be worth it to write some sort of written content, or maybe even video content that you can then embed onto that page about these specific topics that you want to rank for. Yeah.
0: I love that. I think that's really helpful because a lot of people are either like just do bullet points or no, you just have to do the blog post style from the beginning. And I like that. That's not the only option. You can kind of do it easy at first. And then once you have a little extra time and you realize, okay, these are actually performing well, well, let me spend a little more time optimizing this. Um, I think that's great. Is Also, this just came to mind as you were talking, but is it like, bad or okay to go back and edit those actual show notes posts and make them long form or do should we make new brand new posts out of it
1: i am always in favor of updating whenever possible um that's not true (laughs) (laughs) I, i always have some sort of it depends thing um I guess the the real answer here is yes, you can update anything on your website. And if you feel like you left something out or if you feel like you've written something better since then, like no page or post or uh, product listing or portfolio piece or anything that's on your website should feel like it's off limits. You know, there's nothing that is ever complete. Because your business is not complete and the more content you create, the more you want to bring people in and show them the depth of your knowledge. So if, you know, even if you just create, you know, if you're on podcast episode 200 and you're like, oh, I talked about this in podcast episode 30, then cross link those two show notes. And that way we kind of are able to create a trail for the Google robots that are linking through all this. So that way they know, hey, Podcast 200 and Podcast 30 are talking about the same topic. So nothing has to be off limits. Now, if you go in and you discover, oh, I've been talking about this a lot, or I'm ranking for this term, um, should I go in and update the podcast show notes or should I create a new piece of content? That's a really hard question. (laughs) And it is kind of like, how much time do you have and how relevant is that search term? Um, if you're ranking for something that is kind of an offhand comment where maybe a guest said something and you're ranking for it and you're like oh that wasn't actually the the primary thing that we were talking about maybe that's an opportunity to say oh i should record a new episode about that but specifically about that kind of side comment or i could write a blog post about that you know if it's um tangentially related to what's happening then it sounds like a great opportunity for new content if it is directly related to um, to what is already happening in the show notes, then it's always okay to go in and update your show notes or anything on your site. Um, the only caveat that I want to give is that if you uh, update the permalink of your show notes, which is the URL, you know, the part that comes after your domain, then If you update that, you'll have to tell Google, okay, i moved the page. Please redirect all of the traffic from the old URL to the new URL. But everything else can be changed without a penalty, without an issue. So if you wanna change the title of the podcast, the, the body text, the subheads, the call to action, anything is on the table. Um, so don't feel like, oh, I published the the episode and now I'll never be, I mean, it would be hard to go back and edit an old episode, but the written stuff that goes around the episode is all able to be updated whenever you want.
0: Yeah. I love that. Cause I'm actually in the midst of like slowly updating all of my old, old posts. Cause I used to just be like a couple bullet points. Here's the links mentioned the end. Cause I didn't have time, but now I realize how important that is. So we're going back and updating like all of our episodes
1: and we have quite a bit. So, <laughs> and, <laughs> so <know> <laughs> and, and if you're in that boat, maybe there's a point where you're like, you know, this episode is, is ranking for a couple of things. So let's update that as a top priority. Right. And then the ones that aren't getting the traffic, maybe they could get some good traffic and it's might be worth it, but it might be like, Oh, I feel like I talked about that in another episode. So that one doesn't need that update and that time commitment and that love submitted right. into it. Right. Totally.
0: So I know you mentioned keyword research and stuff when you were talking about episode titles and your podcast name and all that good stuff, but how can we like conduct this keyword research? Do we use the same tools that we would use when we're writing blog posts or how does that work? Um, I'm sorry. Can you ask that again? Yeah, no worries. So I was, I was talking about keyword research. So I know you mentioned that when we were uh, chatting at the beginning about keyword research and how it's important for episode titles and your blog uh, what's it called? And your name of your show and whatnot. Is that going to be like the same process that we would do when we're writing blog posts, the keyword research and stuff?
1: Yeah. So a lot of the same, uh, processes would apply there. So if you have a keyword research tool that you already know and love Google keyword planner, Uber suggest are two free ones. I don't love the paid version of Uber suggest, but it is a good free tool. Um, Google Trends is another really easy one where you can compare side by side different things that people might be looking for. And then there are some paid tools like KW Finder, SEM Rush. you know, there's a lot of great ahrefs there's a lot of great tools out there if you do have a budget for it um and in any of those tools whether paid or unpaid um you can go in and kind of get an idea of what are the types of things that people are searching for so you might do some keyword research on the front end and say oh you know people are looking for how to, you know, in your case, maybe how to start a podcast or how to get guests for your podcast and what's a podcast workflow. And you might go through in advance and plan your editorial plans around. um, These are the things that I know people are looking for and use that as a way to build out the types of things that you should be talking about so that way you can create content around them. Or if you have guests coming in and you're not entirely sure what they're going to talk about, (laughs) you can always go retroactively and say, you know, I, I, I knew that this person was going to talk about seo but i didn't know that she was going to talk about stitcher so much let me see if people are talking about stitcher or or you know apple or spotify you know and i know that those are search terms that are always adjusting too because the different platforms are working differently and people like different pieces of software so that would be something where I would look at Google Trends, and figure out um, which of these pieces of software is rising right now. Which of them has some, uh, you know, competitive ease, where not a lot of people are talking about this platform yet. So maybe I should I should try to put my stake in the ground here about this one, instead of talking about Apple iTunes, because everyone who's talked about podcasts has talked about how to optimize your iTunes listing, but maybe they haven't talked about how to do it on Anchor, right? <laughs> so just knowing kind of where the holes are can be a really great way to not only um, identify what you should be talking about, but also what are some opportunities to be found By new audiences.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I love that you mentioned like guests as well, because you're right. Like, well, not with this one. I typically kind of know what we're going to talk about, but with my old podcast focus, it was like, it could go a completely different way than what you expected. <laughs> so I think it's important to kind of know that like, you don't have to always do it up front. You can kind of do it. Oh, you know, I'm going to publish this new episode next week. Let's do some keyword research to find out a title um, before we kind of commit to anything. So that's great. Um, and then when it comes to podcasts, SEO, what are some like big no-nos that you can think of if any?
1: Um, I think that if you don't give enough information, I think that the key to being found for a podcast is not just record the thing and slap it on the internet, Uh, there does need to be a little bit of, of time spent in creating the description explaining what's in there and making it so that whether it's the robots that can't listen to the podcast or audience members who need a bit more information um making sure that you are not just being generous in the time that it takes to record but also being generous in the approach to um how to get people information after the fact and remembering that yes, a podcast is an awesome way to grow your brand awareness, to build that know, like, and trust, to allow people to get to know you kind of on the fly when they're walking their dogs or doing their dishes or whatever is those are my, my top two. <laughs> um, I always have a podcast going, um, but knowing that the end goal for entrepreneurs specifically, is to get people over to your website, to get them onto your email list, to get them to buy a product from you, to get them to hire you for a specific service. Keeping that end goal in mind that the home base where you should be driving people to is your website not your podcast page, not just to subscribe to wherever they are. Yeah. It's really important to leave reviews. Yeah. It's super, super important to leave reviews, but also if we can get them on your email list, you can remind them, you can reach out to them. You don't have to wait for them to come to you. You can then go to them. So I would say actually changing my, my answer, the biggest no, no is not using your podcast or your email list. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I agree with that 100 percent too, and that's a lot of what I teach my clients because they come to me and they have a great podcast and it's very great content. But they're not talking about their offers, and I'm like, well, what's the point if you're not doing that? <laughs> like, you're literally wasting your own time. Like everyone else is getting this great free content, but you're not really getting anything in return for it. So I think it's it's really important to use podcasts to grow your email list, grow your Facebook group, even get them to DM you on Instagram because with podcasting it's not really you're not it's a one-way street unless you direct someone elsewhere like you can't respond to reviews and they can't connect with you any other way so you have to like drive them elsewhere to get them to connect with you in some way
1: so. Yeah, find a way for them to find you and and start a dialogue. Because like you said, like, you know, it's very much a monologue or a broadcast as opposed to a conversation. Right. So finding a way to open the conversation. I like email lists, because then it's something that you own. Um, but you know, whatever, wherever your people are hanging out, give them a chance to get to know you better. So I listen to podcasts where they're like, come join our Facebook group, slide into my DMs, you know, whatever the way is that you want to deal what deal with, that? <laughs> we want to interact <laughs> with your audience that, that is something that you can manage that's already where they are. Let them find you and communicate with you because that's what will develop those long-term relationships with people. Everyone can listen to your podcast and learn from you, but when they feel like they not just know you, but they are like interacting with you, that they're part of a community that supports you. They're more than just a passive listener. And it's so hard to do for podcasts because if you're talking about YouTube, there's a link right below that video where people can click through. Whereas podcast, it takes that extra step of, yeah. oh, I'm out, you know, I'm on the treadmill. I'm not going to stop and click through to the website and do right. all these things. You need to make it easy on them. So include yeah. a link to the show notes in your descriptions so that people can easily click from whatever their podcast player of choice is to your website, to your social, to whatever it is that you're trying to get them to do. Yeah.
0: And you need to, your listeners need to be really committed to that. So like, once you are able to build up that relationship, why not utilize that? Because you're going to actually take the step to either type in a URL or head to your like show notes within, um, Apple podcast or Stitcher or whatever, they're committed. So don't like let them pass that opportunity by because you didn't want to report a 15 to 30 second
1: ad segment. (laughs) Yeah. There have been times where I'm like ready. I like, you know, I use overcast. So I like swipe over so that way I can just click really easily and get in. And there's (laughs) There's people who are, they're literally talking about SEO because I'm that much of a nerd and they don't have a link to their show notes in the thing. It's just like, Oh, here's the bio of the person. And I'm like, that doesn't That doesn't make my life easier. Like take any obstacle or any friction that may get between your audience and you right out of it. Link the hell out of everything that you do, (laughs) even if you're just sending them to the show notes where they can get more links, Um, remembering that as soon as they touch basically your website, your Facebook page, your Instagram, you know, uh, a profile or stories, like then you can hit them with retargeting ads. Exactly. So. Just getting them into your orbit. It doesn't always have to result in in a DM or in yeah. a, a subscription, but you can start to develop that relationship with them if that's a way that you want to do your marketing too. And just get them to a place where you can hit them with a pixel.
0: <laughs> yeah, because with podcasting, like you can't do that directly. I'm sure it'll come in the future, but right
1: now, I don't know. <laughs> maybe no podcasting is like kind of this dark art in terms of um you know you can't really pull metrics you don't know who you're talking to there's no demographic that's being pulled like it's very much like screaming into the void and so the more we can get people into a place where we can get that information on them we can get that demographic psychographic data on them then let's try to get them to a place where we can know them I mean not in like a creepy way (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You don't need to know their home addresses. Yeah. Know what else they like or what else they're curious about. Maybe even saying to people like, I'm planning my next section of podcast. What do you want to hear about me from? Right. And send them to the website where you have a survey about it. Right. You know, like finding any way to interact with people um and not just be a broadcast, but really be a dialogue.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Totally. I mean, hopefully someday we have a little more analyze because right now it's like, ooh, monthly downloads and lifetime downloads and my my uh clients are like, okay, that's it. I'm like, yeah, there's not really much else to go off of. Maybe eventually they'll expand analytics,
1: but right now it's like,
0: nope, not that
1: great. Yeah. And that's why we want to have that data about, you know, if you have a a landing page for, um, for your podcast and then you can direct people and you can use things like UTM parameters to track, you know, different URLs that are coming into your sites. So it's not, it's not, impossible it's just to not track easy incoming easy. podcast data, but it's not <laughs> nearly as intuitive as pretty much any other marketing channel. Yeah, out yeah, there. You're right. It's yeah, it's not as easy as it could be. Um, but yeah,
0: so I know you have a, uh, podcast SEO checklist. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that and where they can find it and then also where we can find you in general.
1: Sure. So my website is loveitforsearch.com. And if you want to come grab my podcast uh, show notes or podcast show notes checklist um, and everything that you need to do, you can head over to loveitforsearch.com slash podcast. And I'll have all that information there. I'll have a link to my blog post about... podcast transcriptions and the things that you need to think about for the SEO for your podcast. And then you can grab that, uh, that lead magnet right there and have a checklist that you can go through every time in that. I also have a blog post checklist and a YouTube checklist. So no matter what type of, um, content you're producing, you can still get that free checklist.
0: Yeah, it's great. I downloaded it yesterday just to kind of get some questions for the, uh, the show. And yeah, it's really, really helpful. So you guys make sure to go download that. And thank you so much for being here today.
1: I really enjoyed chatting with you. It was my pleasure. I'm sorry if I went a little bit too nerdy. Oh, no, um, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so hard because I'm like, let me just leap into the, the backlink profile. And I'm like, maybe I should have. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, I a little I'm,
0: it's interesting to me. I'm sure other people will find it interesting as well. But yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvypodcastingforentrepreneurs.com slash episode 172. If you'd like to hop on a free 20 minute call with me to chat all about podcasting, whether that's launching, growing, or monetizing a podcast, you can head to savvypodcastingforentrepreneurs.com slash console, and we can hop on a call and chat about your podcasting needs. So I'd love to hear from you. And I'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player, like Apple podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher and leave a review. You can find us at Savvy podcasting for entrepreneurs.com and on Facebook at Savvy podcasting for entrepreneurs and Instagram at Savvy podcasting. Make sure to join our free Facebook community for podcasters by going to podcasting for entrepreneurs.com slash community and join in on the exclusive community just for savvy podcasting for entrepreneurs listeners I'll see you there.